Dad the Man, the guy who's living life the right way by loving and leading his family. World-class at his craft and admired by many, but more importantly, he sets the tone for what a great man, husband, and father looks like. That's who Dad the Man is. And the truth is, as men, husbands, and fathers, we experience and struggle with so many of the same things. And it's time we recognize that we're all in this together. So drop your ego at the door and join us in the conversation. Welcome to Dad the Man. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today, before we jump in, I have one ask for you. If you are enjoying the show, if you are learning anything at all, or if you have any takeaways from today's episode, please do me a huge favor and help me to share the show, whether that is you know, mentioning it to someone at work, texting a friend, or sharing us on social media. I cannot thank you enough for your support. I know I mentioned this at the beginning of every single episode, but I really want to thank you. To those of you who are helping me to share the show, it means the world to me, and I truly cannot thank you enough. So, today's guest is none other than Michael Yo. Michael is a comedian, actor, and host. He's a jack-of-all-trades in the entertainment world, and he's a two-time Emmy nominee. So before heading to Hollywood, Michael played college football at Arkansas before his career was cut short due to multiple concussions. He starred in TV shows such as Amber Brown, Kevin Can Wait, Happy Together, and many, many more. He's covered celebrity news as a host on shows like The Inside, Extra, E! News, and The Talk. He coached Courtney and Khloe Kardashian as radio DJs for their show, Courtney and Khloe Take Miami. He's been a regular guest on shows like Chelsea Handler and The Wendy Williams Show. He appeared on season 15 of America's Got Talent, where he reached the quarterfinals. And you may also recognize him for multiple appearances on other massive podcasts like The Joe Rogan Experience. I know he's been on there a time or two. And just recently, Michael released a brand new comedy special titled I Never Thought, which you can find on YouTube. This comedy special, I got to tell you, it's hilarious. I highly, highly recommend it. Michael is a gifted communicator, a natural storyteller, and a genuinely joyful person. But above it all, he's an incredible man, husband and father, and it was an honor to get to chat with him. So here's my conversation with the Michael Yo. And we are live with the man behind the new hit comedy special titled I Never Thought, the one and only Michael Yo. So Michael, I want to take a quick second here right out of the gate. I want to thank you so much for making some time for us today. Man, I got to tell you, I'm super pumped that you're here. And I don't just mean here on the podcast today. I mean here, period. Oh, and yeah. Following your story a little bit through the pandemic. I know it's been a little bit of a bumpy ride, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit today. But, man, I just want to thank you again for making some time. The one and only Michael Yo, welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. So to kick things off, uh, let's let's rewind. Let's go back to your childhood. Tell us a little bit about what that was like, where you grew up, family dynamics, siblings, all the good stuff. Who was uh, what was little Michael like? So I was an only child. Um, I was my dad is black, Ph.D. in nuclear physics. My mom is Korean. Uh, they got married in 1973, just six years after it was officially legal in America for interracial couples to get married, which is blows my mind. Like It was wow. only legal in 1967. I didn't even know that. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. So they got married after that, had me, and I grew up in a pretty white area, dominantly white, and, you know, faced racism, and, and um, you know, saw my mom go through a little racism, my dad, but it wasn't, 
what's interesting is we went through it, but my parents never talked about it as far as, you know, don't let it get you down. Was, uh, my dad's thing was basically, you are, don't let other people's words define you. Mm -hmm. So that's, we kind of just, I, he taught me to just brush everything off. You know, you just be strong and don't, your words define you, not anybody else's. So if you think you're not whatever they're calling you, then you're not. And so mm -hmm. that's how I grew up. My, my parents are like old school parents, like they're honest, they're blunt. And that's what I love about them. Yeah. Listening to your, your comedy special, man, hearing you talk about your parents, your mom sounds hilarious. Oh, my mom, my mom, my mom is ruthless in a great way though. You know, like she's so blunt. But she will tell you exactly what's on her mind, you yeah. know, and, and not hold back. And, and she inspires me to do comedy because that's what comedians do. Yeah. You know, so like yeah. my son is five. My mom looked at, I, I was telling my son he was the best. And my mom walks by and goes, how you know he the best? You know, he's much <laughs> too young to tell. And I'm going, mom, he's only five. But but she has a point. You don't know he's the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of that thing where she's just very realistic at is he really the best? We don't know, but at least I'm being was different than my parents. Yeah. I'm very encouraging to my kids. My parents were very matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Do you have that in the back of your mind now as you're raising your two kids? Well, I I'm very matter of fact on some things, but I'm also, I don't want to say over, over encouraging, but I like to celebrate their little wins. Mm -hmm. And I think it might be because I never got that. So I want to give yeah. it to them, you know? Yeah, that's, that's cool. That you, you're able to um, really appreciate what your parents gave you, but then also yes. maybe whether it's do it a little bit differently, put your own flavor on it, maybe improve it, whatever it is, you're able to kind of take both. You're, you're able to appreciate what they gave you and then also take another step forward. That's super cool. Well, the whole thing about being a parent is getting better. Like you mm -hmm. take what your parents have done, good and bad, and you become a parent and you implement that. And hopefully your kids will take what you do good and bad and be better. So hopefully every generation is a better parent. A hundred percent. I hope so. At least, man, yeah. I'll tell you what, becoming a parent too has given me so much more grace for my, like, or has allowed me to give my parents so much more grace too. Cause I'm like, man, I have no idea what I'm doing. They probably oh, felt the same way. I would, I remember my parents took me to Disneyland when I was like 11 years old and I was a brat. I remember to this day how crappy I was that whole day. I took my son at like three years old to Disney. Uh -huh. I called my parents and apologized to him <laughs> because I was like, Oh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. You spent a lot of money to get me in this park. And I was being a little, butt. yeah, and now I'm seeing my kid at three, just have tantrums everywhere and uh -huh. i was 11 but i was acting like that yeah you know at yeah. least my three-year-old they they don't know but i was 11 i knew yeah. and i just called my mom and dad and go i apologized because <laughs> now i knew how much work it took y'all and we drove there from houston we oh, lived man. in la so it was just down the street but yeah man i that was that first realization where like oh okay Okay, I, I can, get it now. I can relate to that. We took when my old my oldest is five now, and he was, I think he was three the first time we went to Disney. And it's we had it, we had help from my in-laws. They came with us too. And you know, we had the kids outnumbered. And it was, I think at that point we just had my one son. So and we had like four adults on one child, and it was still we were getting our butts it, kicked the whole time. Yeah, it's amazing. And then when you go to two, 
it changed the game is all changed i remember my friend has like five kids and he goes once you have two kids you can have 30 because you're never up i mean you're, you're always up you're always moving around yeah you know it's hard to get them on the same sleep cycle so it's kind of like you're up anyway so it doesn't yeah. matter if you watch one more or three more you know <laughs> so. yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah I, I can i can see that and then i could also see getting trapped into just having more kids than i could handle too <laughs> and then oh, start no. drowning a little I bit told, i told my wife we are done two we got a boy and a girl we are done done there, there you go there you go we've got two ourselves um we're trying to adopt our thirds so we're working on that right now which is nice. a wild ride but I think three is the magic number. And, yeah, and I say, us, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident. Yeah. For us, it's two. And I, and my wife was like, so what do you, I was like, no, no, <laughs> this shop is closed. Usually the lady is going this shop. I'm saying this shop is closed. We're yeah. nope, 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 nope. Well, good for you guys. That's, that's exciting that you guys have, you have two and you got a boy and a girl. Is that right? Yeah. Our son is five and our daughter just turned two. So it's great. Okay. That's, that's awesome. What's been the biggest difference, uh, between, between the two, between bringing a boy in and then bringing a girl in, you know, like there is such a thing as daddy's little girl. Mm -hmm. My, my daughter gravitates to me more than my son. Mm -hmm. And that must be a natural thing because I'm not doing anything different mm -hmm. than I did with my son. Like I treat him the same. And, uh, but she just, I mean, when you hold a baby girl and hold a son, you love them the same but it's a different hug. It's a different energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it just is, you yeah. know, like your daughter, you're kind of like so protective of, and your son, you're kind of just joking around with, you know, yep. like yep. watching sports or doing whatever. It's a different energy you give each kid, but it's still love, but it's just different, you know? Yeah. Is your daughter your favorite? No, 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 no. <laughs> They're both great. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but I they, it's, it's weird because, you know, um, like she's my favorite in some things, but my son is my favorite in other things. Like I yeah. love being able to take my son out and he'll go hit some golf balls, yeah. you know, and we'll just play some. And my daughter is great for, if we're just chilling, she loves just chilling on the couch with me. My yeah. son will not chill. There is no way you'll get my son to chill on the couch. Yeah, He's jumping on the couch, jumping around. So like I said, they give two totally different energies and I do too to them, you know? Yeah, that, that's cool. It's cool. You guys have uh, one of each too. You get to experience both of those. We got, we got two boys and it is our house is like a fraternity house. It's just oh, it's yeah. madness. They're just, you know, beating each other up. I can't, I, I honestly, I'd be safer in my house just walking around with a helmet on. Like they, yeah. it's like everything they can pick up as a weapon. It's, it's madness. Isn't it amazing? I, I was telling my wife, our son is five and our daughter's two, but you could put a thousand spoons on the table in one knife and they will grab somehow find, you could bury the knife and they would find the knife and pick it up. A hundred percent. They, uh, they have a nose for danger. A nose yeah, for risk. You can't, I, I can't put my finger on it. It's, it's, uh, it's uncanny. It's funny though. Cause we've got two, my brother-in-law lives two doors down from us and they've got a little boy and a little girl. So I've got to experience having a little niece nearby and kind of having that flavor. And it's, you're right. It's, it's totally different. Like it's, it kind of, it's, it's like it lights up a different part of your brain. It does. Having it does, a boy and having a girl. It does. It, like I, I tell people because on standup, I got to be very balanced because I don't want my kids to watch my specials one day and go, Oh, he liked me more than he liked you. But yeah. it's a, it's just a different energy you give each one because they want a different energy and they give you a different energy. You know, it's just like yeah. dealing with different people. You interview a bunch of different people. Some people give you different energies than others. So mm -hmm. you adjust. Yep. And that's what kids are too. Do you, uh, you mentioned considering your kids watching your specials one day, 
what, what is that thought process? Like, do you have to filter yourself or are you just like letting it rip and hoping for like, what's your, well, what's your approach on that? Well, my thing is as far as letting it rip, I let it rip on my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, like yep. I'm not a controversial guy though, you yeah. know? So my letting it rip, like, I, I just did a special and some of the family is mad about some things I said in it, but it's very <laughs> light compared to other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, they, they, I, but when I say something like that, where I get in trouble is I say things as hypothetical characters, but yeah. family members take it as serious. <laughs> and I go, it's no different than me being an actor and saying something to my wife in the, in the film or TV show, but you getting mad about that. Like, that's how, like, you can't get mad at me saying something to a person that plays my wife in a movie because my standup is real life, but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of, you know, you take a real story. My style is you take a real story and heighten it. Mm -hmm. And then in the heightened version, sometimes you get this um, hypothetical situation which yep. like you take everything real and go, well, but if it was like this, uh-huh. the, if it was like, this is not real, you yeah. know, and people watching it knows it's not real. But if you say a joke about a family member, they think that <laughs> hypothetical is real too, you know? Yeah. That's gotta be a tough line to walk with people in your life. Uh, You're like, is he talking about me? Is I was he like, talking about I, me. I was like, I'm a, my next special is going to be called getting canceled by my family. Or something like that. <laughs> but no, no, I don't, I don't edit myself at all. Uh, I say what I got to say. And then there it is. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I like that. So if we, if we rewind it a little bit, how did you, I know you were out in Hollywood and you were on TV and you're acting and hosting shows, doing the whole thing. How did you end up transitioning into comedy? Well, I was on uh, Chelsea lately. Everything that's happened in my life, I never planned for it. I'm just always open to opportunity and I treat everybody well. Like I was in radio, I did a radio show in Miami on Y100. It's a legendary station out there. The, the show did really well. Mm-hmm. From there, E! Entertainment uh, hired me to do television with no TV experience, but they liked my style of radio. Mm-hmm. And from there, it, was, it just took off. So I, I did E! Entertainment and did E! News with Ryan Seacrest. And this is what I tell people. When you're so far away from something, it seems unreal. Like mm-hmm. I was watching Ryan Seacrest on American Idol. This is when they were doing 30, 40 million people. Like the show was at its peak. And you're like, oh my God, I could never do that. Then you work in the same building with him. His dressing room was right next to my radio studio. I would walk by him every day. He would say hi to me. I would say hi to him. And then it goes, oh, he's just a normal person mm-hmm. that's gifted, but has incredible opportunity. So I go, I know I'm gifted. I just need to be open to receive opportunity. And once I got those opportunities, things just started going and I was open to it. I never wanted to be a stand-up or on TV. I just love radio, Mm -hmm. but I was open to it. And that's when it all kind of took off. Those are two golden rules for life right there. I mean, that's, that's really strong. That's, you know, it's, it's funny that you, you kind of had, I guess that realization with Ryan Seacrest and I've experienced that a little bit doing this show. And it's kind of like the idea I had in my head has come to fruition that like, if I can just talk to a guy like you, we could just sit here. Like you're on television, you've got a comedy special out. Like you've been on E working in the same building as right. Like doing the whole thing. And I'm, I'm the guy. And like, we're filming a podcast on my lunch break right now, but we can jam about like being husbands, having kids. 
and we can relate in that like tie that red thread together like to me it's the coolest thing in the world because that's the thing is you find out oh we're not that different like even in the country that's on tv you would think it's so divided because mm-hmm. right now television wants you to believe the extremes they want you yep. to believe everything's extreme if you if you like it then you're against us if you're against us you know like they want there's no like oh i like that and i like that you can't yeah. do that right you know yes. so the so the world today wants you to think extremes i live in vegas it's a 50 50 state mm-hmm. there's never a time and i've lived here two years now somebody got in my face and yelled at me or you know <laughs> but they want you to believe everybody in vegas is like that right yeah. So what I know, though, just being out here and performing a lot at the comedy cellar here, people just want to take care of their families and do what's best for their kids and hopefully just leave a ha- happy life. That's most people, mm-hmm. you know, but that's terrible for news. That doesn't sell. That, that doesn't sell. <laughs> yeah. Like actually me saying it out loud, I go, wow, that's pretty boring, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't sell on the news. So they have to paint this picture like, well, it's if you're against us, if you're with us, then you can't be against us and you can't have any thoughts except what we think, you know? Yeah, it, it's crazy. But it's not like that in real life. Right, right. And, you know, I've done the, you know, the experiments where on myself where I'm like, all right, I'm going to not get on Instagram. I'm going to de- um, delete Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, delete it off for two, three months. Yeah. And I'd like step away. And I'm like, man, the world's a great place again. What I, happened? I stopped, I stopped watching news like eight months ago and mm-hmm. I'll pick and choose what I want to read, but I'm up to date. I know what's going on, Yeah. but I'm not hearing people mm-hmm. scream out their opinion. Uh, because when I watch news, I watch both sides, mm-hmm. believe it or not. I, I like to watch C- uh, CNN, MSNBC, but then I also watch Fox. Because I want to know what both sides are thinking. And what I learned most about people that watch the news a lot, they're very sad people. Mm -hmm. Like they get caught up in it. And that's all they are thinking like this world is what this news is painting. Mm -hmm. And now news is not news. It's opinions. Right. So you're not even listening for the real story. You're just listening to people's opinions. And one side wants to drive you one way. And the other side wants to drive you the other way. Mm -hmm. And once... I got rid of all that and go, oh, let me read the story and make my own opinion about it. It was so much chill. <laughs> so, you know? so how do you balance it? Like, how do you, how do you stay up to date without, st- you know, like also staying removed from it, not sticking your head in the sand? How, do, how, have, how have you struck that balance? Well, I think the thing I do is even if I watch the news, I'll listen to the story, mm-hmm. but then I turn, I, I just want to hear the beginning of it. Yeah. You know, like, hear the facts when they do give facts. And then once they get an opinion, I'm out. Or in a news story, I'll read what's going on because a lot, there are some news articles. I I go to sites where there's no opinion. It's just, here's what's going on, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you can say, well, that's the opinion of, no, no, no. It's pretty much like just facts. Like there was a bombing today, this part of Ukraine, this many people died, but Mm -hmm. that's all I need. You know, I don't want to hear what you think about it. I can make my own opinion about that. And once I start doing that, I tell you, my, I, the amount of stress I don't feel about it <laughs> is phenomenal. And I know people very close to me that watch it still every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. There's just this different, there's different, there's this different energy about them all the time. It's al- you, you can almost feel that weight on other people. It's like you can yeah. see them carrying that weight. 100% you can. A thousand, you could totally see that weight on. Yeah. And, and my thing is, 
I'm a very happy and positive person. So why do I want to put negative thoughts and energy in my day every single day? It just drags you down. I, I tell people it's no different than we've all walked into a room and it kept, felt kind of like, you mm-hmm. know, with people in it. Yep. But one right personality can turn that whole room around. 100%. The true is opposite, too. Mm-hmm. Like a, a crowd can be fun and then a crazy person with terrible energy walks in and everybody goes oh what who's that you know so it totally it can change the room too yeah a hundred percent it's uh it's a tough thing I, I i i still go in and out of it i'll catch myself getting sucked in sucked in, and then i'm like hold on we've been the, we've been through this before i gotta it's give so myself true. a pep talk like all right one week off instagram reset let's go and then i'm like life's well, good see the thing here's what's interesting and people my friends that i follow on instagram they're like, did you see this? Did you see that? No, I have all my socials, but I only read my feed. Mm-hmm. I only look at what people say about my, cause I'm not a negative guy, but mm-hmm. I don't look at other people's stuff yeah. and people find that surprising. But I, what I, what happened to me, like probably about five, six years ago, I had this, I got into this jealousy state where it's like, why are they getting this? And I'm not getting it. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I cut out all the websites that would tell me what other people's accomplishments were in the industry. Mm-hmm. So once I cut that out, I was like, Oh, now I don't know who's getting what. So now I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just focused on myself. Yep. And then Instagram has never been a problem for me where I hear it leads to depression because a lot of people have seen themselves, other people living their best lives or doing mm-hmm. things they want to do. What I decided after I cut that, those outlets out that were telling me every, everything everybody was accomplishing I treated Instagram the same way where I, I follow all my friends that are very successful, but mm-hmm. I only look at my feed. Yeah. So if they go, if I, if in a conversation, they say, oh man, I just got this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll go to a feed and check it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm not aggressive. What, what surprises me so much is people will have their kids in front of them and they're on Instagram looking at other people's families. Mm-hmm. That blows me away it's like you got your own family right here why are you looking at other people's family yep, yep now now if i'm ever in front of my family and i'm looking at instagram it's definitely not looking at other people it's looking at something for me like i'm mm-hmm. on my phone the only reason i'm ever on my phone is from work and i work mm-hmm. a lot yeah you know mm-hmm. uh so that's the only time if i'm looking at my instagram it's for work it's me posting about my special or posting about this tv show i'm on or whatever you know what i mean yeah, the screen time the screen time thing is it's it's crazy. I mean, we all everybody I think every parent with kids around our kids' ages, we fight the screen time battle to some degree. Like I know we can relate oh, on that. But, but like, I turned that off. I turned that off. I'm guilty I, of it. I don't, you know, I I have an Apple Watch and I love it because it tracks what you do during the day, and that's great. But <laughs> it also I can't turn off certain alerts like it. <laughs> I don't mind the stand up and all that, but it's other little things that it reminds me about that. I don't, I don't need to know, yep. you know? And yep. when I didn't wear it, it ran out of batteries and I was in Rhode Island this weekend performing and big shout outs to all the people at Providence, Rhode Island. That was great shows, but I didn't have it on. And I went like half of me was like, Oh my God, this is great. No, no notifications. The other half mm-hmm. was like, Oh, I need credit for this workout. Like I need <laughs> yeah. somebody to see me do this or validate me. Let's go. I need some type of acknowledgement that I did this 45 minute walk or run or whatever. You know, that's what's funny about 
the whole Apple watch. It's like, mm-hmm. if you don't have it on, I'll wake up and put it on because I want the steps to the bathroom, even though they're only five, uh-huh. it's going to add up, you yeah. know? So yeah. in my mind, that's why I like it because it actually gets me going. So if I'm not feeling great that day, mm-hmm. be like, yo, you're this behind. And to me, that motivates me where other people, it could be annoying, but yep. that motivates me. You know? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I wear one of these whoop trackers and yeah. I, I, mostly for sleep. Cause I like, if I, if I track it and I'm like you, I'm like, I'll be motivated. Like, All right. I got to turn the TV off. I got to take a little magnesium supplement. Got to stop drinking caffeine in the afternoon and get yep. some sleep. It calls me to it. Yeah. Hey, anyway, I want to transition a little bit. I want to talk. If you're cool with it, I want to talk about your experience. Of course. COVID. And I want to, cause like we were, we were talking a little bit before we jumped on, I was telling you how this show kind of came to be through some lessons I learned through my experience with the pandemic and all that. Now, I know you were you were right there at the beginning. You got it. You had a tough time with it. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about what happened, and then we'll kind of unpack it from there. Yeah, I got, I got it March 17th, and that's why it was so important for me to release my special March 17th, two mm-hmm. years after. But I got it bad, and I was one of the first people in the hospital, mm-hmm. one of the first people in ICU, uh, had a great doctor. And, uh, like they, they basically gave me a lot of drugs that they were just learning about. They didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in there, I think less than 500 people died or hundred people died. It was a really low number. Yeah. Like today they still don't know a lot. They're right. still learning every day. So mm-hmm. just think about five days after the shutdown where they were. Yeah. So yeah, it was really sad. It got really scary. Uh, my temperature got to 104.8 up there and, you know, all you could think about when you were in there is dying alone, you know, mm-hmm. and that was really sad. And uh, it, I was in there for eight days and then I pulled out and uh, went back home and was in quarantine for like 22 days. And it took me like nine months after that to get better. Did it really? Yeah. Gosh. Um, did you ever figure out why it hit you as hard as it did? I listened to, I, I, listened I, to you and, listen to you and Rogan in. talk about it a little bit. I was in New York City. Mm-hmm. A week and a half before doing shows before mm-hmm. the shutdown. I was the last shows at that club before they shut everything down. My okay. poster was on the club for a year and a half or <laughs> close to two years after shutdown, you know? Yeah. So I was the last show. And after every show, I meet everyone. Mm-hmm. I talk to everyone. So you're just talking about a super spreader event in New York City, the mecca of it, of yeah. COVID at that time. Uh-huh. So my doctor thinks... I was super healthy. I worked out all the time, but I think it was, I got so much, he thinks I got so much viral load of it mm-hmm. at one time. It over, it overran my system. Cause you're talking about like 2000 people yeah. over two days, meeting, shaking hands, mm-hmm. hanging out with, and you're just going mass free in a town that, I mean, at the time you had a person saying it was, it wasn't real or it was going to go away. So mm-hmm. that's how we all treated it. You know? Yeah. Has that uh, changed your perspective on, you know, maintain, like getting good sleep and, and all that kind of stuff? I've always, see, I've always done that stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't health at all. It yeah. was more, there wasn't any, uh, what it was uh, like, um, anything wrong with me before, or mm-hmm. I forgot what they were saying. Uh, they had a name for it. Pre, preconditions Pre- or existing condition. Yeah. I, I had yeah. none of that. Yeah. So it was just, I got so much of it. I always got sleep. Yeah. So I had, I have no problem sleeping. Good. Uh, you know, my, my approach to sleep, my body is trained that if it's not moving, mm-hmm. it sleeps. 
Yeah. So I <laughs> like, like literally if I sit on the couch, I'm out, yeah. you know, once, once I stop moving, if I were to sit still during this podcast, yeah. I probably fall asleep. Like, That's such like a dad literally, move. yeah, I'm that guy where in a car, if my wife is, I'll fall asleep. Like yeah. I'm that guy, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's a, so it wasn't hell. What it has opened the door for it's to enjoy. I always enjoyed life on that dude, but you enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. And you always, and if you do start taking it for granted, I'm the type of guy that kicks in mentally and goes, yo, 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 it's not like this. You know, uh, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. And it helps you like, sometimes I was talking to a friend, sometimes you complain about champagne problems Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, well, it could be a lot worse. You know, like if I hear somebody saying something, be like, and then I think about Ukraine or I Mm -hmm. think about people in a lot tougher positions than us. And I go, this Mm -hmm. is really not that serious. Yeah. You know, so it does help you do that. Yeah. Any other big uh, perspective changes in your life after going through that? I would just imagine my, I was trying to empathize, man, what that had to be like hopping in the ambulance with your well, kids watching and the whole thing. Well, you know, you know what it was hard, the hardest thing, like I've never dealt with like mental issues or anything like that, but it was sad because everybody was telling you whether you believe in religion or whether a person is religious or not oh man, God had your back, but then you're watching hundreds of thousands of people die from it. And Mm -hmm. it's just a very weird thing to say to a person when so many other people are dying from it. Did you feel guilty hearing that? Survivor's remorse at times, but it made you sad Mm because I would see the fathers that were in their thirties and forties dying from it Mm -hmm. and couldn't be with their kids. That was my biggest fear. Wasn't dying. It was that my kids three and two months at the time wouldn't know how much I loved them. Cause you would have been a was or Oh, he was like this. Your father was so this, your father was so that, and I didn't want to become that. So I pushed so hard to make it, but it was all on the doctors, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a little survivor. And, it, and some days you, I'll, I'll still wake up and go, I just don't feel it today. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, um, I just think my body is still recuperating from it and it's still two years later, you know? Yeah, man. You you saying your your biggest fear being that you're you know scared of your kids not knowing how much you love, I love them. them yeah bro that's literally my my that's about the only fear I really walk around with like I'm not me too worried about myself at, like at all like if I go I'm gone like whatever you know because that terrifies me and and here's the thing like it, it's crazy before you have kids how selfish you can be. But mm-hmm. as soon as you have the kids, like if you're a good parent, if you're a good person, mm-hmm. automatically you don't even matter anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all about them. Yeah. Like everything I do is for them. 100%. You know? And any situation they're in, like I never thought I would be in a position where if somebody busts in our house, take me, leave them alone, take, like you would throw your life in front of anybody for your family. That, and that's, if you really think about it, that's unbelievable in a society that we live in, we would do that for some people, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's so me, me, I mean, selfies, let me do this. <laughs> like, it's all about me all the time, but the only time it stops is when it's family, mm-hmm. when it's your family, like any guy I know would protect his family to the fullest, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah. part of the job. That's what we sign up that, for. That That's what it is. Yeah. hundred percent. 
Has, um, so as you were kind of, I guess, recovering, I would imagine mentally, emotionally, there's a little bit of recovery that goes on. Did oh yeah. Comedy, did comedy help you come through that? Oh man. You know what? I tell people it was like therapy. Yeah. You know, putting together this new comedy special, it was like therapy. I it love really the way that you touched therapy. in the story, worked that in to the comedy. That's why I wanted to ask the question, man. I thought you did a great job really weaving that in because it was serious. Like there was some polarity there. Like it was serious, but like I'm, you're laughing. I'm like, I kind of want to cry because I'm going to imagine now, myself in that position, like a big yeah. range of emotions as a, as a viewer. And that's what I love is that I would never make fun of somebody with COVID, mm-hmm. but I'll make fun of my story, my story with COVID. And I will say, man, I've gotten so many comments on YouTube and it's unbelievable because I funded it myself. I put it out myself and I bet on myself mm-hmm. and literally it's from start to finish just nonstop laughing. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what's so amazing that I took something so horrible in my life and made people laugh for 11 minutes through it and then threw in other jokes to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm so proud of about this special. And YouTube can be a very negative place. And literally right now, it's 100%. They love it. Families are watching it. Dudes, like bro dudes are going, yeah. yo, this was <laughs> funny. And I'm yeah. talking about these are bros. You know what I mean? People, yeah. So that from all ranges, people are loving it. And it's just nonstop laughing. I'm so proud of it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I was I was listening to it this past weekend and I was in the backyard doing a little bit of yard work and I was listening to it. I'm like raking the leaves and I'm like with my head headphones in. I'm like laughing out loud. I'm like, it's my neighbor looking over the fence like what the yeah. is going on over there? And I'm getting that a lot because it's I don't know, man. It just I think every comic, you, we want every special to be the best one, mm-hmm. but I really feel, man, this could be the highlight of my career where I'm always trying to, like right now I'm putting together my next special. I'm like, it's gotta be just as good or even closer. And that's gonna be hard to do because this one literally every 10 to 20 seconds you're laughing at something I say. Yep. And that's pretty hard to do in a comedy special. And this one, so man, I just can't, I, I just want the world to see it. I'm so proud, man. I'm happy for you. I'm excited for you. You set the bar high. For sure. Yeah. You set the bar high for yourself moving into the next one. I did. I did. And that's kind of scary. So <laughs> I have all these concepts and I was on stage saying one the other night and I go, oh, that's really good. But where do I go now? So that's what I love mm-hmm. about comedy. It's kind of like it's I compare it to golf a lot because even when you have a joke that works mm-hmm. one breath too long or one pause or it, it changes the whole rhythm. Mm-hmm. of everything and that's what 100%. i love about it. it's all you're all, it's a moving puzzle you're always trying to figure out but you know it always can get better and you'll never figure it out yeah <laughs> yeah it's alive it's alive yeah. for sure um so last couple of questions here and i want to make sure i get you sure. out of here on time so talk about how proud you are of this special yeah the questions that i like to ask is what are you the most proud of in your life so far so i know oh. you've got you've got so hit me with Hands what down, you got. my family it's, it's so simple. Like my wife is the most loving, selfless person in the world. And my kids, I would do anything for them. It's not even close. Like nothing else compares mm-hmm. to my family. And I just love being around them. You know, yeah. like we're moving today. And the reason why we're moving, we're moving because the area we're in right now doesn't have a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. So I bought a house in a place that's, it's like filled with kids. It has a park right across the street. So every move I make is for the family. So it's mm-hmm. everything else. Doesn't matter. It's all about family. 
That's gold. That's gold. You mentioned yep. your wife. Tell us a little bit about your wife. Tell us a little oh bit my about God, my wife. I'm going to put you so... on the spot. Tell us about the role she plays for you guys. Oh, she's the backbone. She's there everything. Like when I'm out at the clubs, putting stuff together for this special, she's out there with the kids at home, you know, holding it down. I, I take the kids to school. We both pick them up. I mean, she's so involved. She's the family person. And I remember our first date. I was to the point where I wasn't dating to date. I was dating to get married. So I had no problem bringing up marriage the first date. Not I want to marry you, but like if you don't see yourself getting married in the next two to three years, then let's just have a great lunch and I'll see you later. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but she was in that mindset too. And what you learn about dating, if you really want to be serious, if that conversation comes up, mm -hmm. it can go two ways. The person walking away can go, that person's crazy. They talked about marriage the first date or the person that's really into it would be like, finally, a person that's serious. Yep. You know, so it really depends where the other person is mentally, how it yeah. goes. hundred percent. That's really good. Great advice. Upfront conversations. We were talking about that a little bit before we jumped on being able to communicate on the oh, yeah. front end. It's huge. Yep. That that's where, like we did the whole, uh, we went to, um, this church organization, our church, and they, they have this eight weeks course before you get married. And what they do is they both give you work every week and you come back and share the work with each other. So before we got married, and I would suggest whether you're religious or not to do it, because it answers all the questions up front. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you, most people learn these answers we were learning real time, which puts a very, which could put a strain on the relationship. Like, I didn't know you were going to do that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, well, this is what I do. Yeah, but I thought you would change a little where that takes all this out. This is yep. like, this is what she's going to do. This is what they're going to do. This is, and it asks you every question of life. Like, Michael, are you willing to watch the kids while she goes to the mall? Because some guys may be like, no, I don't want to watch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you just never know how guys are or uh -huh. women, yep. you know, uh, a woman may be like, I only want one kid. And the guy's like, I thought we we're going to have four. So mm -hmm. rather than getting married and then talking about it, yep. you answer every <laughs> single question you could possibly answer before the marriage so you're on the same page yep yep and that forces and you which to I, I find out me and my wife we've probably gotten into since we've been married six years maybe two fights wow. because we're not learning in real time we know each other we know what's going to happen yep. we know like if i'm if i go baby i got to put together a special so i'm gonna be out every night working on it mm -hmm. you know i'll help you with the kids all the way till i leave but mm -hmm. you're gonna have to put them down tonight you know she, we've talked about before marriage, my, my husband is in the entertainment industry is out mm -hmm. uh, all the time. And he's going to be around other women that want to take pictures with him. So mm -hmm. before we get married, I have to know that's what I have to prepare for. Yep. He's going to be around their husbands, guys, he's going to be in an atmosphere, that atmosphere. Thankfully, COVID took a lot of that away. <laughs> but I still take pictures with everybody. It's just, you know, because that's hard to learn in a marriage. Yeah, I know what you do. Mm -hmm. But oh, it's like, once you get married, it's, it's like, oh, I didn't know you were going to be taking pictures with women or guys and their girls and hanging out, mm -hmm. you know, so you got to answer everything up front. Yeah, the gold in that too, I really think is like just what you mentioned, like at the beginning, beginning of the week, like, hey, on Tuesday and Thursday this week, like, yeah. I'm gonna be out. It is what it is. Set that tone. Then there's an expectation. And then that's, it and is that, what it and is. that's what I tell. That's what I tell my guy friends. Let your wife know what you really, what's your thing at the beginning of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So they'll know. Like my wife knows I'm a diehard Miami Hurricanes football game. 
I mean, football fan. Yeah. So no matter what, yeah. it could be uh, my, our son's birthday. It could be our anniversary. If they are playing, I am watching. I uh-huh. set that up front. Everything else you can have. Yeah. But when the Miami Hurricanes football team plays, I am mm-hmm. watching. And so she knows. Yeah. She doesn't plan stuff. She knows that is my time. And only yeah. and that only lasts six months. So it's kind of like, you know, and it's once a week. That's yep. the one. I don't even watch pro football. Mm-hmm. So that's all I ask for. Yep. At the beat, it's like, this is my time. <laughs> yes. And she's cool with it. You know? Yeah. That's gold. That's gold. I love yeah. it. Right. Last question. Then I'm kicking you off because I know we're up on time. All right. So, all right. Last question I always ask about is about legacy. And when I think about legacy, the way I frame it is it's not money. It's not generational wealth. It's not names on a building. It's nothing like that. It's really, it's the moments, the memories, the lessons that we leave behind for our kids, for the people that mean the most to us. Yeah. You know, God willing, we're able to leave them behind on earth. We'll be able to take these moments, memories, lessons, and kind of live the rest of their life with those and, you know, remembering us. So phrasing it that way, if I turn the question on you and ask you, you know, what do you want your legacy to be with your two kids? What would you say? Just to know that there is so much you can accomplish by faith and know that no matter how other people define you, it's not about other people. It's about yourself and to go after every one of your dreams and to enjoy life because it could be taken away so quickly. But the first thing is uh, your partner, whether it's your wife or husband. And once you get married, you need to know that. And then it's the kids. Because mm-hmm. I feel if you put the kids before the wife or your spouse, mm-hmm. then the other person doesn't feel love. And since I travel a lot, and this is a piece of advice for anyone that travels that works a lot, you almost have to make them feel more love when you're gone. Mm-hmm. Cause that's when the questions start to swirl. Yep. Like I make sure my wife knows, like, uh, of course I'm affectionate when we're around each other, but I'm FaceTiming, I'm sending texts 24 seven when I'm gone, just so she knows, Hey, there isn't nothing going on, you know? Good man. That's gold advice right there. Yep. More, more gold here at the end. Michael, thank you so much for making some time hey, thank for you. today. It's been awesome. Where's the best place for people to find you, find the new special and everything like that? You can go to YouTube and just type in Michael Yo. That's Michael Y-O. Or just go to MichaelYo.com and everything about me is there. Awesome. All right, brother. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for making some time for us. All right. Take care. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.